In this edition of Hoopsology, Matt and Justin welcome the former host of No Dunks, Lee Ellis. Lee is embarking on a journey to play pickup basketball in 20 different cities and countries around the world. And we get his origin story regarding his passion for basketball. You don't want to miss this chat. Ever since Matt and I began our podcast way back in 2013, Lee Ellis is one of the guests that we really, really look forward to and having on our show. This is one of our most memorable interviews, and Lee was a fantastic guest. Um, I guarantee you guys will enjoy this chat. Lee uh, is, I would say, just a prominent, prominent figure just within the uh, basketball community in regards to just uh, basketball podcast and the internet. So you're going to love this chat. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod.gmail.com and follow us on all social media platforms for our latest content. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can also catch our podcast as well. Very proud member of Underdog Podcast. And now, Lee Ellis. He is the former co-host of the No Dunks Podcast, and now he is embarking on basketball journey to play pickup ball in 20 different countries. We have the honor of welcoming Lee Ellis onto Hoopsology. Lee, how are you doing? Fine, thanks, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you. And one question we always like to lead off with, with most of our guests, um, you can take this either direction you would like to, but we're always curious to know either your favorite basketball memory or your first basketball memory. So whichever direction you like to take it. I mean, it pretty much is the same answer. Uh, uh, and anyone who has followed me or my career knows that the 1987 uh, All-Star game was a very, very life-changing moment for me because it was the first game of NBA basketball that I was able to watch in its entirety and of course it had the most incredible finish there that you know at the time I was a kid I was about 11 years old 12 years old and I was into the WWE at the time uh excuse me which we all know is um fabricated and uh when I when when I watched but you know great characters great entertainment especially for young kids and then, so when I watched the very first All-Star game of all games, not a playoff game, not a regular season game, the ending and the way that it all happened, you honestly couldn't have scripted it any better. So um, I, I was just captivated from that moment on. And here I am now, 36 years later, and I still enjoy that game. I still enjoy talking about it, thinking about it. And um, it's just one of those special moments that for me, I didn't realize at the time, but I also have made the reference before. It's a bit like the flux capacitor in Back to the Future. You know, that was the thing that really changed and allowed time travel to happen. Well, Rolando Blackman hitting two free throws and extending the game into overtime and then the West going on to win. Tom Chambers being the MVP in his hometown. He wasn't even selected. He was an injury replacement. And then he gets into the starting five because it's in Seattle there. Um, So many of those little things that I, I often wonder as well. What happens if Rolando Blackman misses one of those free throws? You know, am I sitting here today, or am I, uh, you know, am I, am I just working somewhere else in a, in a bank or something like that, and uh, on a, in a different country? I, I don't know the answer to that, but I know that that was a very, very uh, special moment in my life that I didn't realize quite at the time, of course, how impactful it was going to be. But uh, I look back at it now, and I, I, I still am very, very fond of that game and that moment. Some very consequential free throws in, indeed there at the end of that game. And, and Lee, I know that you have discussed this this memory in, in the past, uh, so I don't want to keep you on it too long, but 
what what was that like in Australia at that time? You know, this is pre ninety two Dream Team. Were did you feel like kind of an outcast for enjoying this game so much? Were there other people in it with you? I mean, I wouldn't say an outcast, but I would certainly say I was the only one who watched it almost, you know, over and over and over again, probably a couple of hundred times. Uh, my older brother at the time brought the tape home. Basketball was very big in Sunbury. Everyone loved to play it, but we just couldn't get access. There was no cable TV. There was no internet back then, so we couldn't get access to the NBA. So when this game we finally got, and it had Magic and Larry and Michael and Dr. J and Charles, you know, like all, every, you know, again, it's like a Royal Rumble. In that, in the you know, to use the wrestling analogy, and then on top of all that, it was like the perfect ending, and so there was no one to really talk to it about with because no one else had that tape. No one, no, none of my friends were like, "Oh man, I saw it too last night. That was awesome." This was a cassette, a VHS cassette, you know. And, and as you guys probably know, you know, if if some if, some, if somebody had that, then nobody else had it, and I didn't. I want to share that with any of my friends because I'm like, what happens if they tape over it? What happens if they lose it? Whatever, I don't get it back. So I kind of was in my own world. Uh, but I I honestly just remember sometimes just, just putting that in and just watching it again and again and again and picking up another little something. Like there's a moment in that game, Charles Barkley and Mark Aguirre, Barkley kind of throws a little bow at it. And uh, and the commentator there, um, it's uh, it sticks to um, God, I've forgotten who the commentator. No, Dick Stockton and Tommy Heinsohn, I think, on the call there, and uh, and, and he and he says, "Wow, there's a, a lot of beef in that matchup between uh, Barkley and, and Mark Aguirre." So, uh, you know, but anyway, I could talk all day. I still, like I say, I, I, I'm I'm more than happy to talk about that game anytime with anybody. Awesome. Well, uh, I mean, your love for the sport of basketball is well known, and. And we wanted to ask you just about this this latest project, of course. Uh, I mean, obviously, a passion project. Was this something that came to mind, you know, rather recently? Is this something you've been thinking of doing for years? Um, I mean, how did that idea come to fruition to play 20 games of pickup in, in 20 different countries? Well, it really came to fruition about two years ago when I first got the idea because we were still in covid you know, situations there. No one really knew what was happening, but my wife and I had been vaccinated and we decided, look, if now that we've been vaccinated, if we can't travel, if we can't sort of get out of our house and do things, we'll never be able to do it. So we went over to Europe in the summer. It was around July with our two sons and I was in Berlin. It was a Sunday afternoon. We're at this flea market in, um, uh, the name has escaped me now, but it's in, it's in the city of Berlin there. And these guys play basketball. And, and so I was like, oh, you know, this is perfect. I love just turning up to courts and play. And so I started playing. And my son, who was, uh, I guess, about eight years old at the time, he started recording. And I didn't ask him to do it, but he just started recording because he sort of, he's like, I know dad will like this if I do it. So now the courts in Germany, they're not very uh, shooter friendly, I'll say. They're, they're, they're built to last. If you think of German engineering and building... <laughs> These things are built to last decades, you know, so they're really good steel, good tough iron, you know, chain nets and things like that. So my jump shot wasn't all that effective that day. I mean, there weren't many baskets to be scored. So it's not like I was out there lighting it up, but I put those clips up on my Instagram and I got an incredible response, just way, way more than I was expecting. And 
And people started messaging me and saying, you know, if you're ever in my city, if you're ever in uh, Italy, or if you're ever in Germany or, or uh, you know, France or wherever, you know, come and play. And I didn't sort of think too much of it. And then last year we went traveling again. Traveling is a very, very important part of our life. And and I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to test something out here. So I put a, a post up on social media. We'd actually been to Egypt. We went to Cairo and Luxor and we're coming back via Rome and Barcelona. And, and, and I didn't want to play in Rome because I knew it was going to be, well, I say I didn't want to play. It was going to be so crowded there i thought let's i'll go to florence and i'll play there so i put a post up on my instagram stories and i said i'm going to be in florence on this day uh uh if anyone's around for a game let me know now this story had more responses than any other story i've ever posted but the funny thing was no one no one from florence said oh i'm in florence come and play with me but people from honestly all over the world you know japan and new zealand south america people saying oh come out and play here and i was like this is wild but it's not what i'm not looking for this i'm looking for florence in two or two or three nights time here you know <laughs> anyway so that so that didn't it didn't happen in florence but i did get someone who said if you're in barcelona let me know and we were actually going to barcelona a few nights later and so i messaged him back and i said yeah i'm gonna be there so can you get a game going and he i think he was a little bit surprised because he was like oh uh yeah we had our run the other night but i'll see if i can get some <laughs> excuse me I'll see if I can get some guys together and we'll, we'll get another run going. And so we did. And, uh, and again, I put those clips up on my, uh, on my Instagram and I got this, you know, just a, a really, really, um, convincing response that I was like, I wonder if I could, I wonder if I could do this, if I could just take people up in their offers and go around the world and play basketball. Now, so I discussed it with my wife and she's like, you got to you got to try these things you know you you got to you got to give these things a chance because they're not going to come to you no one's going to knock on your door and say hey we've got this idea and we think you're perfect for it it's all planned it's all funded it's all prepared it's all ready to go you just have to say yes you you, you have to sort of shake things up yourself and so i i discussed it with my wife and i said well you know like sure let let, let, let me let me give this a shot and so i left the the starters no dunks cruise there after 11 years and i decided to give it a chance and uh here I am now, six months later, and I've had I've been to nine countries, and I've got ten coming up in about a month. I've got another one uh, lined up that I'll be uh, playing at, and it's been an, an unbelievable challenge, a really, really exciting, exhilarating experience uh, that I'm learning so much about myself. I'm learning so much about uh, being my own businessman, and I use the term businessman rather loosely there because I haven't yet been able to. Uh, uh, turn this into a money spinner, but you know, again, these things take time. So uh, you, you sort of you have to go out there and you have to sort of keep working on things and keep learning about how to um, compile the content and make it uh, in, into a a format that somebody would be able to come on board with and produce and edit and, and and put it all together. So that's the challenge I'm facing right now. But again, I, I didn't do this. I didn't take on this challenge to be like, well, if it's not make money within six months, I'm out. It's a, it's a bit more of a long-term play in that sense. And as I say, it, it's evolving, it's growing. And I feel like I'm getting more of an understanding of what I need to do as I go. And, and that's just the process of anything uh, when it comes to learning. You know, you think about, you, you don't go to school for one year, you know, school takes 10, 12 years. And then you often do further education after that to become specialized in the skill. So I'm at that stage right now where I'm, I'm, I'm learning uh, trying to understand so many different aspects of what I'm trying to do, but ultimately I do believe in 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 the vision I have, and uh, and I hope that one day it does come to fruition in the sense that 
it's a it's a streaming series on one of the platforms. So in the nine countries that you've experienced so far, I'm very curious when you go to these pickup games, how is the vibe compared to America? Because <laughs> during COVID, I got really addicted to just see these pickup <laughs> games and are mostly aggressive. Like, yeah. They're not friendly in terms of these pickup games. So I'm worried internationally. <laughs> is just that different in terms of the vibe there? What did you experience this airing those courts? Uh very interesting question. Um I, I would say the vibe is always it's it's like a party. Now, I don't want to sort of pat myself on the back too much, but when people know I'm coming and I organize these runs, they're very, very excited and, and people come out and people have brought me bananas and coffee and uh and some grandmothers, some grandmothers snack with a with a recipe that's like over a hundred years old. This this fella in uh, Athens brought out. So people are coming knowing that. Listen, it's about having fun and playing basketball. There's no one keeping score. There's no one recording stats. I mean, I, I obviously put all this stuff up on my uh, on my social channels, but it's certainly not about winning or losing. It's about uh, coming together and meeting people who, you know, some people have followed me through my entire career they know things about me that i'd completely forgotten and so when i say i'm coming to your city to play basketball let's play basketball i don't expect anyone to come out there going like all right we gotta you know we gotta make this uh the, the the best game we've ever seen it's about playing to enjoy ourselves and the rules are slightly different depending on where you go um in the balkans for example where i began the journey when i at the very first run in slovenia in ljubljana luke Doncic has caught there you know, it was probably 15, 20 guys turned up. And so I just assumed, all right, well, let's play five on five full court. Nobody plays five on five full court, especially not in Slovenia. It's all three on three half court stuff. So huh. when I said that, yeah, when I said that, I was kind of like, I was then the weirdo. I was the basketball weirdo. Like, well, who, who plays five <laughs> on five? You know? <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, so anyway, we ended up playing five on five, but I, I wanted to do that because we had so many people there and, my my you know one of the strongest things about this whole trip is that if you turn up i want you to be able to play i don't want anyone to turn up and go oh there's you know i can't get on the court if there's 50 people there i'm i promise everyone will get at least uh, a couple of runs in because that, that's what it's all about if people are going to make the effort to come out and play i, I certainly want them to be involved so uh that that was very very interesting in the balkans however in africa where i just came back from uh it was pretty much there was a lot of five on five full court stuff. So, um, and even things like make it, take it doesn't always apply. Sometimes it's like, if you make it, it's the other, the other team just gets the ball back as in normal basketball. And then, so you, you have to learn those little, uh, tweaks along the way. But at the end of the day, you know, it, 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 they're, they're nothing that you, you can't figure out. It's just different areas have different rules, but, um, you know, as far as the, um, what I will say is different from playing pickup basketball in America here. There's a lot more ISO basketball in the United States. There's a lot more like one-on-one -on -one stuff. So when you are playing five on five full court, sometimes you can feel a little bit left out because, you know, guys, they get into these little pissing contests. If someone scores, like, give me the ball, I got to score on him. I got to score on him. And it goes back and forth. Whereas, you know, I will say the Balkan style of three on three is much better for inclusion because you, you are almost involved on on almost every possession, both defensively and offensively. You've got to be paying attention on defense. So that's the biggest change. And I would say um, that is, I, I would honestly say, I think three on three probably is a better format for picking up basketball. It just, it just keeps people involved. Whereas, as I say, sometimes with five on five, 
if you're playing up to 11, there, there are games where you're like, I, I think I've got three touches and that was it in this game, you know, because uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. So that's very interesting, your observation about three-on-three, three, just because uh, we had, uh, we interviewed Kyle Montgomery, who's the play-by-play announcer for three-on-three three internationally. Uh, and I noticed that USA usually struggles and the international countries usually dominate, at least with the men. Um, I want to ask you, which country surprised you in, in terms of their love for basketball? I think as Americans, we get a very arrogant um, attitude in terms of the game usually belong, you know, belonging to America, whereas that's not the case. It's a global game for everyone. Um, but which, which country surprised you in terms of just how much they love the game and what your impressions? I mean, it, it's probably a bit of a boring answer, but everywhere I've gone, the passion for basketball has been intense. Like, uh, and I mean, like, people coming out in in Africa, where again I just came from, it was blazing heat, like ninety degrees Fahrenheit at least at eleven o'clock in the morning. And I thought, and I and I've got this sunscreen on, I'm drinking water, got a hat, I got my sunglasses, and I'm like, oh my god, this is too hot. And people are just banging up and down nonstop for, for hours on end playing basketball. And so that to me, it just shows that basketball is a global game. No question about that. You know, boys, girls, men, women, everyone loves playing this game. And I guess if you're just used to those conditions uh, where it's super hot like that, then that's just normal. You know, that's just the way that basketball is played there. But I, I will say, I mean, again, the very first stop was in, in Ljubljana in Slovenia. And the standard was so high. The standard was so good. And I think I got, I think I got two shots and I made one. And, that was it. and now this wasn't because people weren't passing it to me. It was because like, oh my, that ball is zipping around so much. People are finding themselves open underneath. So they're scoring. And then, so you, you really have to sort of adapt to the way that they play. And I remember as well on the defensive end, I was like, all right, where's my man? And boom, he's over in the corner. And then he's over on the other side. And then he's cutting back here. And that's something that you just don't really do playing American five on five because you sort of just, you kind of pick up your man and then you kind of drop back into a zone. And it's kind of, it's pretty loose. But in the Balkans, it's like, if you're not playing defense and you're paying attention, you're going to get scored on. So it's sort of then you focus a whole lot more on like, I don't want to be that jerk who's like, oh, this guy doesn't play defense. You know, you 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 start hustling on the defensive end because you also you guys know what it's like if you if you have a regular run, and someone brings a friend along and that friend just starts jacking up shots as soon as they're on the court. Everyone's like, who's this guy? You know. So it was the opposite in that sense for me in Slovenia, where I was like, I don't want these guys to be thinking like, oh man, this guy doesn't play defense. I I had to get out there and and uh, and work hard and 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 earn it. And and then afterwards. We went and had a few beers and, you know, that then that camaraderie is, uh, it, it, it brings people together because it's like, we just had a great game. Again, no one's worrying about the scoring or who won or who lost. It's like, let's play, let's have fun and let's, let's go and have a couple of beers. I have to ask, do you think that, you know, soccer or football as it's known everywhere else has an influence on kind of the less ISO ball feel that, that we might see more often on courts in America. I mean, do you think that's kind of ingrained like that? Um, I guess strategy of just moving the ball more like that and creating better positioning. Well, it possibly, I mean, I think if you think of, um, the best European players that we've seen in the NBA, you know, uh, is technically, of course, Argentinian, but played in Italy, the Gasol brothers, uh, Boris Dior, 
uh, Jokic, Doncic right now, Vladi Divac, Stoyakovic, all those guys, if you think about them, not really any of them were the super muscly athletic type of guy, but instead really smart, high IQ basketball players. So, and also team first guys. I mean, I think, I think Manu Ginobili probably sums that up better than anybody that he could have earned more money, could have had a bigger role, but he was happy in the end becoming a six man for the San Antonio Spurs. That's where that was the best role for him at the time. And it worked. And so I think, I just think that that, that, maybe that basketball culture that they've brought up with in Europe is a lot more focused on team ball, team basketball. I mean, if you think of Nikola Jokic right now and Doncic, I mean, Jokic, some of the passes he makes, I mean, his teammates, his teammates don't even know they're coming. There are times you see Aaron Gordon standing in the corner on the other side of the court. And then all of a sudden the ball is like in his hands. He's like, Oh, I've got to shoot this. So I think it's probably more just, um, you know, and, and again, going back to guys like Vladi, I mean, Flatty apparently used to smoke still while he played in the NBA. So it wasn't like um, they they were super fit athletes and, and and guys who you could see. I don't think Marcus Gasol's ever lifted a weight. I don't think he's ever done a uh, a uh, you know a, a, a bicep curl in his life. But incredibly talented, smart player, defensive player of the year, won the championship there with the Raptors just understood his role and um and i think it's, it's it's probably more that basketball culture rather than than football necessarily because you see it in so many of the european players that they really understand how to pass and move and, and again i think probably that starts by playing three on three when you're a, a younger player and you realize like you've got to pass and cut and screen and be ready to shoot you've also got to be soft around the rim you've got to have good handles you know, you've got to have all these skills, not necessarily one that you that you are super good at. Just be very, very good at a lot of them and understand your role and how to be effective in it. So, Lee, I want to ask you, you've been involved in the the, the basketball creator space um, just with your journey. Oh, I'm just starting out with the basketball Jones. Matt and I, this huge fan too. I remember Matt just telling me about the basketball Jones a long time ago when we were in college. Um, to where we are now and you've just seen it evolve and I, I'm just thinking of your journey and compared to other sports we don't see different facets of the sport covered um, you know with, with hoops you know sneaker culture is covered um, with NBA Top Shot just you know of course mainstream storylines what you're doing uh, we interviewed somebody who just covered courts all over the world he takes pictures of his basketball courts all over all over the globe and i'm just wondering yourself what do you think is the state of basketball media now um as you've seen it evolve over time uh, do you think it's in a good place compared to other sports or do you think do you see some things that might be concerning or some things that might be uplifting some things that you know you're seeing in the basketball space that you don't see in other sports um very very good question I, I think it probably coincides with how social media has changed as well because basketball twitter 10 years ago was the greatest place to be at night we would all sort of sit there watching the game and then you would see funny quotes and comments and memes and things like that and it felt it, you didn't want to miss out on anything you were like oh man twitter's awesome but i think with twitter and even you know facebook and, and instagram they've all gone from being like really fun inclusive engaging platforms to you know kind of a cesspool and and i think especially in the basketball media there's a real feeling of people are like 
I'm I'm the voice and everyone else is stupid if they disagree with my opinion. And that then just becomes kind of toxic. And so, you know, I I, I basketball for me and a big part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because basketball is fun. I love playing it. It taught me so many more things about life rather than just scoring two points or three points or whatever. It taught me social skills. It taught me uh, friendship. It taught me communication. It taught me teamwork. It taught me all these things that uh, the basketball was the bridge for, all these different things. Because again, growing up, when I would go to the basketball stadium to play, that's where my friends were from school. That's where I met girls as well, like as you started growing up. And so it was very much a place where you know, you, you grew up and you learned, but ultimately you were still playing, having fun. And I think, I think on social media, basketball has gotten a little bit away from that now where it's like, like I say, people, no one, if you make, if you get something wrong, you make a prediction wrong. And I've made a million predictions that I've gotten wrong and I've made a few that I've gotten right. But when people, if they say something and they get it wrong or it's a bad take, you know, that they're a hot take and all that sort of stuff. Then it just becomes a fist fight, it seems like, and people start jumping on each other and piling on each other. And it's like, that's not what it should be. Um, Twitter should be fun because ultimately it allows you to communicate with with anybody, you know, in the world. If people respond to your tweet, and that's what made it so cool at the start. But now it feels like it also feels like, you know, you can't post a joke anymore without somebody taking it seriously and then trying to you know twist your words and make out as if you're saying something else and you're you know you're attacking somebody or you're against something and so um that that part of social media and basketball is included in that but i think it is in in the other sports as well because i do see other people sort of talking about the same the same uh, impact that social media has had on their game and it's just it just sort of leaves a bit of a bad taste in your mouth so i hope we can get back to something like that but i i'm i'm to be honest i'm losing a bit of faith because I, i'm not sure it's one of those things once you get down that path it's very hard now to turn around there's so much again like division on so you know you you are if if you don't say which side you're on then you're sort of pushed into one side by the other side and then it becomes again <clears throat> an, another battle that you, nobody wants to be a part of that um but basketball itself you know, I still love the game. I mean, I didn't leave covering it uh, from the media because I didn't love the game anymore. I didn't like it anymore. But I wanted to sort of get back to enjoyment of the game where it all started for me. And that was playing and meeting people and having fun. And and so I definitely feel like I've almost, you know, taken off a coat where I've like, oh, I don't feel that. Any- I don't feel hostility. You mentioned that, that question you asked me before. I don't go to a court and people are trying to fight over a meaningless game of pickup basketball. People are there to have fun for two or three hours, however long we're running. And that feels awesome. And it feels kind of like what basketball used to be like for me as a kid and and kind of what basketball Twitter was uh, until, you know, five, six years ago when it started to go down the drain. Now, that completely makes sense. And I think that's with, <clears throat> with Matt and I, that's the, the purpose of our podcast is just the, the love of the game. I mean, so many times you hear all these storylines, which we, we talk about. But what is the core? Why do they love basketball? Why does LeBron love the game? Why are these figures that dedicate their lives? Why? Where's the origin of that? Why do they love it? So um, I, I totally uh, respect your journey and just you know uncovering that all over the world because I think a lot of this major figures you know in the game of basketball lose sight of that. It's a lot of just like you know hot takes and just like I don't know what's in the moment and not really enjoying the game itself. 
Um, and I think that's a shame. And, and hopefully um, creators like yourself um, continue just to, to bring that light because that's why we, we, we love it. That's why we're just obsessed with it. There's so many different aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the truth is, like you said there, I, I think some people actually hate it. <laughs> they hate sort of basketball and they, you know, you see it like when, when I remember when the playing tournament first came about through COVID, and, ah, this sucks, they had it. And it's like, well, it's okay to try things. It's okay to change things and mix things up. And, you know, I know we're getting the playing tournament. Um, I believe it's like, maybe it's next season or the one after. Anyway, it's coming for sure at some point. And even people are saying, ah, this sucks. This sucks. And look, maybe it will suck. Who knows? But I, I'm more than uh, happy that the league is trying things because... I think it's really important to keep that attitude of like, just because things have been a certain way doesn't mean that's the only way they can be going forward. And it doesn't mean that's the best or the right way. You're only going to find out by saying, hey, why don't we try something different here? You know, things like the four point line. Well, just try for three seasons. Just give it a shot. It doesn't matter. If we don't, if it doesn't work, we can change it back. It's not the end of the world. You know, like I think it's important to at least have that open mind where, it's okay if we change the game, change the format a little bit. You know, there's been things over the years that have been tweaked a little bit. Remember Hacker Hacker was a, a big thing there for a while. Like, okay, they, they changed the rule to try to cut that out. Well, let's maybe try something else as well here just to see if we can get people uh, enjoying the game again because it feels like people say, oh, you know, we need change, we need things to happen. But then when things do change, people are like, ah, that sucks. we gotta we got to go back to the way it was. So... I, I think it's really important to understand that it is just a game at the end of the day. It's entertainment and it's fun. And, you know, we, we all want to win. Of course, everyone wants their team to win and be the champion. But you can still get enjoyment out of just following and watching the game. The only, you know, you can't look at cha the championship as the only metric to determine, okay, I love, you know, this was a good season. This was a successful season. There's uh, so much more stuff that, you know, we should celebrate and enjoy about just playing the game and uh, and having fun. Totally agree, Lee. Great to have you on the show. Please let our listeners and viewers know uh, where they can follow you, where they can find you on social media, and of course, the project you're working on and, and anything else you'd like our listeners to know. Well, you can see I've got the shirt here, the pickup, uh, the pickup tour shirt. You can go to uh, Breaking Tea and grab one of those if you want to support the cause. Uh, greatly appreciated, and I'm very lucky that I got onto uh, Instagram and Twitter right at the start. So the, both my handles are just my name, Lee Ellis, L E I G H E L L I S. On YouTube, it's the same, although it's Lee Ellis seventy six. That's where my that's my YouTube channel. Facebook, I don't know to be honest what my handle is because I think multiple people can have the same handle. So just find me on Facebook, and I'm on there as well. I'm not that active on that. Uh, TikTok and Facebook, I'm not super active on, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to be following. I have got a website under construction as well, so it's coming. Uh, it's not going to be ready still for a few weeks here, but uh, I'm excited with a few things that I'm working on. I've got one really, really exciting uh, prospect as well that I, I can't reveal the details about just yet, but uh, hopefully I'll have some news about that very soon. So yeah, I, I, I you know, everybody who supported this journey, you guys included for having me on your, on your show here. I truly appreciate it. It means so much that people are out there following along, supporting me, and uh, and and you know, connecting with what I'm trying to do as far as celebrate the game and have fun because ultimately, that's what we're here for. Absolutely, 
Uh, really respect what you're doing, and we are 100% cheering you on. Hope to see you on on a streaming platform or wherever uh, very soon as well. So best of luck with everything, and, and thank you again for joining us. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hoopsology Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best, as you know, in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Hoopsology at Manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and all man is a game changer. A huge shout out goes to Manscaped for hooking Matt and I up with the Performance Package. Inside this package, you'll find a lot of useful items. You'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer that you've probably heard of before. You'll also find their new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. You'll find Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner. Don't sleep on those products, gentlemen. Performance Boxer Briefs and a Travel Bag. And for my bearded brethren, and I know there are a lot of you out there, be sure to check out the new Beard Hedger which is a tool that makes managing your beard so much easier. 20 different instantly adjustable length options, no more messing with multiple clips with your trimmer. It's a really slick and ingenious product. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Hoopsology. That's H-O-O-P-S-O-L-O-G-Y at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Hoopsology. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We thank Manscaped for supporting the show.